Hello and welcome to the Three Up Top podcast. It is your host Jake and Ryan here. A uh, quick little update on the on the podcast. Unfortunately, Sean will no longer be uh, contributing to the podcast. He won't be on the episodes. Um, you know, everything's good. Stuff happens, but he will not be continuing his relationship with three up top uh so for this episode and all the foreseeable episodes it will be just ryan and i uh when it gets to 2020 we're gonna try to think of some ways maybe some guest hosts maybe some other workarounds that we can come up with to keep things fresh for you guys but uh, for right now it's just gonna be ryan and i so with that, Ryan, how you doing? And uh, let's hear kind of how your team did in game week 17. Uh, doing well. Um, another just mediocre week, though. I've had three weeks in a row where I'm right about average. Um, big, big miss last week. I obviously transferred out Kevin De Bruyne. And it came back to just absolutely sting me. Um, he obviously went off. I think he had like 19 points. Um, Captain Vardy got me 10 points. So I had 59 total. Um, Lundstram, 11. Uh, Liverpool actually got a clean sheet. So that was good. Uh, so, yeah, just another another average week, honestly. But I'm looking forward to this week because... With uh, Liverpool uh, having no fixture, uh, I went ahead and um, took my free hit, and my my excitement is kind of revolving around that. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to game week 18 for sure. Yeah, uh, quick little update on my squad: horrible week, 46 points. Uh, had one player in double digits. It was Lundstrom. 11, but Captain Martial got me four. Zaha with eight. Uh, Allison and Stevens with six. Other, everyone else had either two, and then Kane had one. So not a good week at all for my team, but it was good enough to win my cup match. We actually tied at 46, and the deal breaker, uh, or the tie break, I should say, is most goals scored and I had one and it was by Zaha. So that, that banger of a goal he had sent me into the next round of the cup, which is huge. Um, and I also made some very dramatic changes with the two free transfers I had saved up for this game week. Um, and you know what? I'll just get right into my, my moves that I made. Um, I had, some big-time decisions to make. I was missing out on the Vardy train big time. And it was... I know he didn't score, but looking at his stats and seeing my placement ever since I got rid of Vardy, I have fallen. I went from 7th when I dropped Vardy to 28th in the 3-up top challenge. So that was Jeez. a really bad move by me. I mean... Uh, you never get you never get fired for buying IBM, and I kind of did the opposite and sold it, and that was tough. But uh, with that said, Jamie Vardy is back in the Port City FC squad, 
uh, brought him yeah. in for Harry Kane. So love Harry Kane, but couldn't afford to have all of them in there. Uh, well, actually, I could have, but I chose not to. Um, <laughs> so I got Harry Kane out for Vardy. And then in my midfield, got rid of Mason Mount and brought in Youngming Son. So swapped one Spurs asset out, got another one in. But um, I really like the way my team's shaping up. So got Vardy, Abraham, and Jimenez up top with Madison, Martial, Zaha, Son, and Grealish in the middle with Lundstrom, Stevens, Aurier, Pereira, and Mings as my back line, and Henderson and Allison as my goalkeepers. So all around, I think that's a very solid squad, and I'm really happy with it. Um, having Vardy in, it, it might not be a differential. I mean, it's definitely not a differential, but uh, should keep me on a better track than what I was on. And, yeah, that's that's the moves I made. So pretty happy about it. it it's a lot of money. I went from having about 5 million in the bank to having 2.9 million in the bank. So um, brought in some more premium assets for sure, but I, I think it will work out uh, in the long run. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. The Vardy move, I mean, you had to do it eventually, but it's interesting because, you know, they go up against city this week and then they go up against Liverpool the following week. So, it's obviously something to watch, but then after that, they go. They have a nice little stretch of games where they have West Ham, Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, West Ham again. Um, that's uh, that's odd. They play them within five weeks, um, but definitely, you know, Leicester's kind of had some hiccups lately. I think, but it's it's not enough to write write them off uh, or write Jamie Vardy off uh, with just how, how impressive he is. And even when I say like they've had some hiccups, I mean, yeah, they struggled a little bit against Everton like three weeks ago. Um, they just recently, you know, they drew with Norwich, the team that they should have beaten. Um, but they've still, you know, they handedly beat Villa Um you know, they they still are taking care of business, but I'm just nitpicking at this point. So, but it's definitely a team and a player that I'm going to be watching here moving forward because everybody's hot on him. He's you know 51% TSB. You know, it'll be interesting to see if over the next two game weeks, if he does struggle to score against you know City and Liverpool to top four teams um and we've already mentioned you know Vardy kind of has that that shtick of not showing up against the big six um we'll see if you know if he doesn't perform in these two games that maybe uh we see a little bit of a price drop too that'd be really interesting but um that's definitely one to keep an eye on. And another one to keep an eye on, another one of your forwards, um, if you want to talk a little bit about Tammy Abraham and Chelsea, um, they've obviously struggled of late. Um, are you concerned at all with Chelsea, uh, especially after the 1-0 uh, loss to Bournemouth and the 
um, uh, the loss against, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, theoretically I should be if they haven't scored against West Ham and Bournemouth, but, uh, looking at their upcoming fixtures and they play Spurs this weekend who, I mean, Spurs have conceded a fair amount of goals this season, but they look definitely better of late. But after that, they have Southampton. Uh, then the next week, they play Arsenal, and then they play Brighton. So, uh, and then Burnley after that. I mean, I think it's too early to give up on Tammy right now. He's obviously been scoring a ton of goals. Uh, he, he trails Jamie Vardy by five, but I mean, he's still at 11 goals, which is second in the Premier League. Um, and I, I think that the the reason why Chelsea's struggling isn't his fault per se. I mean, he's it's more of a team effort. And I think that once he gets back on track, once the team gets back on track, he will start putting in goals again. Uh, so I'm not worried about him right now. Um, I, I think that Chelsea, it's a young team. I don't think anyone was expecting them to keep up that amazing pace of scoring and winning the entire season. It's a long season. They're going to get, they're going to get bumps here and there. And um, it's going to happen, especially with the champions league fixtures and things like that. Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. And I don't really have any concern with him now. Um, but ask me again after the new year, maybe I, maybe I will. Yeah, I think it's another interesting one I'm keeping an eye on because, you know, not to toot my own horn, but at the beginning of the season or at the beginning of his big run, you know, I said this isn't this isn't a a world class striker we're we're looking at here. This is a young kid who's on a a great scoring tear. He's not going to keep this up all season, and these are a lot of young kids who are playing in various competitions. Um, they're going to get worn out, and I think we're definitely seeing that now with them losing four out of five um if they lose to tottenham which i think they will it's going to be five out of six um effectively a a free fall um in the table i think a lot of these young players need rest and they're not getting it Uh, you look at the top transfers out this game week you've got mount over a hundred thousand transferred out. You were one of those. I transferred him out last week, um, and then just behind him, Pulisic and Abraham, uh, each over eighty-eight thousand um, managers transferring them out. Uh, so, I think people are definitely concerned with Chelsea, and it's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, I don't think this weekend is really going to help because I think Tottenham uh, has been playing well under under uh, Jose Mourinho as, since he's come in, and I think um, they'll be able to take care of, of Chelsea this weekend, and I think we'll even see a, a bigger ac- exodus. Um, uh, but saying that, I think there's still a chance that Abraham can score this weekend because Tottenham's defense hasn't proved to be um, a, a steel wall of any sort. So um, that's definitely one thing that you know, has been a trend of, of late um, Chelsea struggles, and it just keeps getting reaffirmed. And it'll be interesting to see how long this goes on for. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. And 
I mean, I think the fact that they started out so hot, I think that only put more pressure on those young guys to really keep that up because for a minute there, I'm sure Chelsea thought, wow, we could have a, a shot at the title. Obviously, that's not the case now with them dropping so many points recently, but you know, top yeah. three, top four should still be definitely in their sights. I don't believe that they'll come anywhere near that when the, the end of the season rolls around, but... I, th- I think that the hot start probably made it a little harder on, on Lampard to rest some of their good players because they were still kind of in that hunt for, for possibly challenging for a, ch- a title. But I think with those hopes kind of going away a little bit recently, I think it's going to give Lampard a, a chance to hit the reset button, give, a guy, give some guys breaks here and there. I mean, their their midfield is ridiculously deep anyway. I don't see why guys like Mount and Pulisic need to be playing every game. I mean, they're obviously very talented, but they don't need to be playing 90 minutes every single game. And I know they're not, but um, obviously they're deeper. They're, they're deep up top as well with Bashuai and Giroud uh, behind Tammy. So I think that they have an opportunity to rest their players. And now that they are kind of out of that title race and their goal now is probably just to stay in the top four, I think they're going to start resting some guys here and there, which will preserve the long-term FPL FPL value of those players. Um, I mean, what, what do you think on on that? Quick note. Yeah, I think I think they will. Um, I think that I don't think Lampard will have a choice but to, especially with how congested things will get. But in terms of like preserving the FPL value. I mean, then you're running into the Manchester City situation at the beginning of the season. Like, we don't know, you know, which, who, what player is going to play, what week, why, um, the whole Pep Roulette thing. You know, if Abraham starts to be sat, you know, for one week, plays another, sits another, and Lampard's not, you know, communicating clearly, like, what, you know, what the story is. Same thing with Pulisic. I think the the book's already closed on Mount. I think a lot of people have been out on him for a while. I, I, I don't think um, many people are interested in him anyway. Um, but Pulisic, you know, he was hot there for a while. Um, if he starts to get sad, uh, people are going to be getting rid of him as well. So I think... Unless Chelsea just starts winning games, I, I don't think the FPL value of this team is really going to last, um, especially with how we're seeing Tottenham play and, and um, the points that they've been able to pick up. And now they're closing in um, on Chelsea. And if they uh, win this weekend, get three points, they'll be level on points with them, but they'll be ahead of them. Um, and goal differential, and Tottenham will be in the top four. Um, I think Tottenham's a team that you'll start to look at uh, their FPL assets having inherently more value than um, Chelsea, and that's not a, a hot take by any means, seeing that you know <laughs> Chelsea has dropped so many points lately, and Tottenham is is, is hot, and you know they're overtaking them at the table. Um, that's just how this thing's going to work. Um, but they do need to rest, <clears throat> excuse me, some of their assets. Um, and it'll definitely be something to, um, to watch here coming up. 
Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. And and on Tottenham, uh, I, I think that they're in great form. And I, as soon as Mourinho was appointed, uh, I know we chatted about what that's going to mean for the FPL value of some of those guys. Um, and surprisingly, it it's been the back line of Tottenham that's had the biggest boost. I mean, I guess it's not surprising given the play style that Mourinho is is famous for, but in terms of FPL value, we've seen guys like Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Aurier, these guys put up double-digit points um, in, in multiple games since Mourinho was appointed, and we've also seen Deli Alley hit that next level and really become the player that uh, everyone was expecting him to be all along. We've seen Son keep up his brilliance. Kane has been probably the biggest disappointment, but even in, in those respects, I mean, it's a, he's so good that it's a disappointment when he doesn't score a goal. So, um, you know, when you look at Spurs as a whole, I think that they are up there with Leicester, City, and Liverpool in terms of FPL value. I mean, you could get a, some steals with... Uh, some of your defenders. I mean, we 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 saw it earlier in the season, where I know they were hurt, but for Tongan and Alderweireld and Aurier, those guys were all going for about four million dollars, um, for four point five five, and and now we're seeing Aurier's at five point one, and all these other guys are just blowing up, and and it's really crazy that uh, a run of about a month and a half, six weeks has just totally flipped the switch on everyone's view of Tottenham. Um, I know I was pretty much the only one on this podcast earlier this season that had any sort of faith in Tottenham for obvious reasons. I'm a supporter, but now we see what a change in managerial positions can do to a team. Um, and I, I'm sure that Tottenham won't be the only beneficiary of that. We, we, we see Arsenal, and Everton also having new managers getting getting into the fold here soon. Um, what do you think about Tottenham's assets as well as the the other two teams I mentioned with new managers? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna talk about that. So first of all, it's interesting trying to follow the the, the rumors of the Everton managerial search and the arsenal managerial search i mean like arteta is it seems like he's going to be installed as the manager i mean he might by the time this is released um and then with everton i don't think ancelotti has actually been formally um made manager has he i i haven't seen anything now no no, so but you know there are reports that say that you know he is. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm looking at one right now that says uh, appointment at Ever- uh, Angelotti's appointment at Everton is expected to be completed this week. Okay, well, um, and then there's another one. Arsenal hope Mikel Arteta will be head coach for Everton trip. Whoopee. These would be interesting moves for sure, and they would have the potential to um, boost the FPL value of each club's assets. And I think with the firing of Silva at Everton, you're already seeing what just a change in manager, even if it's an interim manager and Duncan Ferguson, 
um, what that can do for a team. Um, Everton's starting to perform like we always thought they were able to. Um, we always talk about that talent, that it's there, um, but they're just not utilizing it. You know, in the two games that Silva uh, has been sacked, you know, they beat Chelsea 3-1, and then um, they get a big draw against a hot Manchester United side. Um, and then they're going up against a struggling Arsenal um, this weekend. And uh, once I get into my free hit squad, uh, I will definitely touch on Everton. Um, but in terms of Arsenal, ay, 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 I mean, they just got absolutely smoked by, <laughs> by City on Sunday. It was unbelievable. Um, they did look threatening in attack like they usually do, but oh my goodness, the midfield is just an absolute sieve. Um, and the back line is just non-existent. It, it's laughable. Um, the city basically finished them off within the first half hour. And they just said, all right, um, Guardiola masterclass, let's just shut it down and, uh, get out of here. Um, go back home. And, th- and that's what they did. Um, so after this, this past weekend, not only was I even further down on Arsenal, I've down on them every single week, but um yeah up on city a little bit i mean arsenal did make them look good but um you know city they've been sluggish we talk about them not being the same but you know we saw flashes of old and um just real class particularly from de bruyne which was really frustrating in my situation but um obviously really really good football from city um piss poor from arsenal and uh, I think they definitely need a stable manager to come in there and give them an identity, give them a style. I think if they have an identity, if they have a style, um, players like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, um, Otsil, those kind of players can flourish if they have a style, if they know what they're doing, um, if a smart manager puts them in a situation to um, – succeed and they know what their role is and they're successful in that role uh, we'll we'll see the, the fpl value of arsenal definitely could um you know arteta he's a uh, an arsenal lad and he's been, oh, glued to pep guardiola's side for three years straight um you know you, when you see pep guardiola you see little arteta in the background every single time um and that's one of the best minds you can um learn from in this game today uh so i think he'll obviously have something to add at arsenal um you know he's a a, a former a former player um and a guy who's a, a young guy um, that's the main worry is that, you know, can he step into such a big job like that? There's so much pressure. Um, you know, Arsenal struggled so horribly. They're, they're level on points with Newcastle right now. Um, sitting in the middle of the table, Crystal Palace ahead of him, Wolves ahead of him, Sheffield ahead of him. Um, so it'll be a big job, but, um, that's, I personally, I'd like to see, you know, I hate to see him. I mean, I don't like Arsenal, but I'd hate to see him, you know, just keep 
free falling down the table. So um, that managerial search is something I'm always looking at. Um, but for now, with Lundberg in there, an interim manager, an unsecurity, um, insecurity, sorry, I, I can't really put my faith in, in any of the talent that they have on that side. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And um, I know you mentioned it, uh, that you used a free hit. And so I think it's time that we get into that before we get into our, our men of the week picks and all of that kind of stuff, unless you had any more storylines from game week 17 that you wanted to touch on. Um, no, I, 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 I'll probably touch on some as I go through, uh, um, my, my picks. And so basically then how I'll go through this is I'll just, I'll just go through game by game. And it's basically what I did. Cause you know, a free hit, you're looking at it from one game week. Um, basically wipe the slate clean. I'm looking at these games here in game week 18. I'm looking at, you know, you know what teams are going to get good results and what assets are on those clubs. Um, starting in the first, um, the first matchup, it is that Everton Arsenal matchup. And I have two assets in my side for my free hit side from this match. Um, so, like I said, Everton looks, they look lively um, under uh, interim manager Ferguson. Um, if Ancelotti's appointed, I'm sure they'll look even better. Um, but Arsenal, on the other hand, as I mentioned, look just absolutely dreadful. Um, and I think Everton at home will be able to expose them. Um, so, I have Richarlison. Um, starting in my midfield. Um, he's had six goals so far this season, uh, four of which have come at home. Um, I think he's he's a, he's a fantastic player, and I think if he's going to unlock this – if anybody's going to unlock this Arsenal defense, it's going to be him. Um, he really looks to be uh, flourishing uh, under um, Ferguson here the past two games as well. Um, and then – my first auto sub, I'm going to have um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, but I'm actually debating starting him to avoid some concentration risk in my midfield, which I'll touch on in a little bit. Um, but Calvert-Lewin is just another player who's, um, who's looked better uh, on, under Ferguson since Silva's been let go. You know, look, seeing that Everton, I think, will um, have a go at Arsenal this weekend uh, to put their front man in there as an auto sub is, I, I think it's a safe move um, for my free hit squad. So two guys there from Everton. Um, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that, on, on those two at all, if you, if you agree, disagree. Yeah, no, obviously Richarlison's been having a great season. Just signed that contract to stay at Everton. Uh, I love that pick. Calvert-Lewin's been looking great uh, the last two weeks. Um, was there any, in terms of Arsenal, was there any thought into possibly getting Aubameyang or Lacazette in there at all, uh, given how shaky Everton's defense has 
been for the majority of this season. Uh, I mean, the past couple weeks obviously has been better, uh, but have the past few weeks of Everton's defense looking better kind of put your worries aside from the past 15 weeks? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I know that Arsenal can score goals, um, but I'm just not com- I'm just not confident in them doing it. You know, they look they look threatening in attack, but it's not like they're clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the talent's obviously there. And for a one-off, a one-week thing, if I got to put my money on somebody, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my money on Everton at home and, and those attacking assets. So, um, yep. yeah. So on, on to the next game, Aston Villa, Southampton. Um, two teams towards the bottom of the table here. Uh, Villa, I think, has just kind of, Caught a bit of a tough break lately. I think they're a, a better side than their um, table position shows. And I think over the next couple of weeks, um, they've got, I think they have the bottom, yeah, the bottom three, their next three games, actually. Um, they've got Southampton, Norwich, and Watford. Um, I think, though, uh, after those games, we'll see, you know, the kind of team that Villa is. Um, but, it's Aston Villa at home, Southampton, uh, Southampton, the, the the club that infamously gave up nine against Leicester. Um, I watched them against Newcastle, uh, looked exposed a bit um, on the counter attack. Uh, so they're a little bit shaky back there. And then Villa is a, a threatening side. Um, like I said, had a, had a tough go of late with some tough draws, but um, they they get themselves into some great positions. Um, and I think they'll be able to exploit this Southampton defense, um, uh, at home. Um, and so I'm going to, um, start Grealish who I have in my team. He's one of my favorite players. I already had him in my team. I'm going to start him. And then, um, I'm bringing in Al Ghazi Anwar Al Ghazi. Um, another guy who really gets himself into some uh, good positions, gives himself a lot of chances to score. Um, I think he's a sneaky pick uh, for somebody who can, can bag a few um, over the stretch too, not just this week. Um, so I'm going to start them both, but um, debating. Uh, it'll be a last second decision, but Debating maybe sitting one of them, um, and that's that concentration concentration risk with Villa in the middle that I that I mentioned, um, and maybe starting Calvert Lewin instead. But I'm a little bit more confident in Villa to get a result here than I am of Calvert Lewin um, and Everton um, to put a ton past Arsenal. Um, but the margins are tight there. But I am um, excited about Grealish and El Ghazi and uh, Villa this weekend. I think those will be two two solid picks in the middle. Um, yeah. Agree, disagree. Yeah, no, I uh, I have Grealish in my in my squad as well. Uh, right now, he's currently my second auto sub off the bench. But with Madison playing against Manchester City. Um, I do have some concern over that, although if 
Leicester are going to score, it's either going to be through Vardy or Madison, most likely. So um, I, I would like to get Grealish in there. It's looking tough with Martial playing against Watford, Zaha playing Newcastle, and Son playing Chelsea. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I love the picks, though. Uh, I, I've watched Villa's last couple games. I, I like their style of play. I think they just play hard. They play tough. Uh, Grealish is very, very pesky around the midfield. Always, he might dive a little bit here and there, um, but I think he's fun to watch. He makes things happen, and I, I like the pick a lot. Uh, I think that Southampton are going to get absolutely torched by Villa this weekend. So uh, I, I think we're we're both in agreement there. Yeah, and just to decide now. I mean. Zaha up against Newcastle. That's 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 no automatic start there in the, in your side. I think you should consider consider that. I mean, Newcastle's a um, a club that they haven't lost at home since the first week of the season, um, and they don't concede a lot of goals. So I might maybe reconsider Grealish. I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, I I that's definitely. One of the ones, I mean, it's tough because he's got, he's the only real goal scoring threat that Palace has uh, of late, at least. But he was able to score against Liverpool, uh, which gives me some hope that he can score against Newcastle. Um, and quite frankly, he's looked really good, even in the games that he didn't score. So it, it's going to probably come down to either Zaha or Grealish. Uh, leaning towards Zaha because he's he's hot right now, but uh, things things can definitely change. Yeah, no, fair point. I mean, I just had to play devil's advocate <laughs> as a Mac Pie supporter. So, yep. um, then going into uh, the next game, Bournemouth Burnley. This is one that I stayed away from. Um, you know, Newcastle played Burnley this past weekend, and it was just really ugly, you know, really sloppy, sluggish, um, brutish. Uh, and then same thing with Bournemouth. I mean, they're just the, – the, Bournemouth and Burnley are just two teams that are just like, eh, you know, they're there. Um, they're going to sh- struggle, uh, get one nil results here and there, but they don't have any assets that I'm interested in, so – Passed on that game. Um, smart, smart move. Then, yeah. Then looking at Brighton Sheffield, uh, surprisingly, only one asset here since you know Sheffield's been so attractive um, and mobile, um, attractive of late as well. Uh, but I'm just gonna keep Lundstrom in my just for the the tremendous upside that he brings. Um, I don't expect Sheffield to really blow the doors off Brighton here, and I don't expect Brighton to keel over either. I think this is probably going to be like a 1-1 game. Um, Sheffield obviously don't concede a ton. Um, but on the off chance that you know Sheffield does go you know, go at Brighton and, you know, uh, Lunny's at the forefront, then, you know, it's not a huge... He's tough not to have in the squad when he, you know, brings in so many points. Um, Mopai is attractive, but you know you're looking at Sheffield's um, defense. 
uh, and that's um, stout. So uh, I'm just going to go with Lundstrom uh, in this game. Yeah, I think that's going to definitely be one of those just slug fests that either ends 1-1 or maybe 1-0. Um, that It doesn't look like a, a super attractive FPL game unless you're kind of banking on a Sheffield clean sheet or even a, a Brighton clean sheet. That definitely doesn't seem like there will be that many goals, but we've seen crazier things happen. I mean, I, everyone's saying, yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But, you know, Brighton's looked very good lately, and they've been attacking a lot. And, and Sheffield has obviously had some some solid goal-scoring games as well. So, yeah, it's most likely going to be super low-scoring, but it wouldn't blow my mind if it was also 3-2 uh, and it got real sloppy. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think yeah. that you made the right choice with Blundstrom. I think that any week it's tough to sit him because if he puts one goal in it's massive returns yeah i've been pretty i've been pretty good about starting him every single week and just sucking it up and you know paid dividends this past weekend with 11 points um so i'm gonna start him again here um i don't think i mentioned it but i'm gonna it's looking like i'm gonna run a three five two um so i already touched on uh Three of my midfielders, uh, Grealish, El Ghazi, Richarlison, starting in the midfield. Uh, and then one of my backs there with Lundstrom. Um, so going on to the next one, got four players from the Newcastle Crystal Palace match. Um, wow. Yeah. So these are two clubs who they, they struggle to score goals. Um, 19th and 18th in the Premier League um, in goals scored this season. Um, but they are also two clubs who have managed good results um, despite not being able to score because of their solid back lines. Um, and I'm thinking, honestly, a nil-nil score line is, uh, is in order um, up at uh, St. James's Park uh, this weekend. So I'm going to go with um, Jetro Willems from Newcastle is going to be the only one um, to start uh, of the four. Um, I think Newcastle has a better chance to get a clean sheet um, in this match because they are at home and they've played really well at home. Um, and then Willems obviously um, gets forward at ease. He gets really involved in the attack. Um, so he's the best bet, um, and he's pretty much a guaranteed start. Um, doesn't have any other threat um, uh, at left wing back. Uh, he's pretty much got that position locked down. So I'm going to start him. Um, and then another back uh, will be on the bench, looking like he's going to be the second sub, um, and that's going to be Martin Kelly. Uh, of Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, uh, he's had a good run um, with uh, three clean sheets in the last four matches. I mean, I mentioned the how solid Crystal Palace is. Um, just a, just a, a solid sub here to, uh, um, to put on. I mean, he Kelly gets forward, too. Um, I expect Newcastle to be on the front foot a tad more. Um, so I'm going to give Williams the nod for the start. Um, but both 
Kelly and Willems um, both offer a threat, uh, a threat and um, possible clean sheet points. Um, third player um, going to have him on as a third sub is uh, Fabian Cher. Um, oh yeah, same story. Same same story as Willems pretty much, but um, he's a center back. Um, I think he's the best footballer on uh, at the club. Um, he, he injury problems of late took him a little bit to get back. <clears throat> excuse me, in the team, um, but you know he fills the spot in, in a free hit squad as a, as a third sub. Um, you know, just just in case, I guess. Um, and then the fourth player from this game, who I'm going to have also on the bench is uh, Martin Dubrovka, the goalkeeper for Newcastle. Um, just on the off chance that my my starting goalkeeper, who I'll mention later, is ill or hurt or something like that, um, Dubrovka can step in. And, you know, I mentioned Newcastle's, um, you know, chances to uh, to get a, uh, a clean sheet at St. James. So um, Dubrovka in as that. Um, that fourth player from this match, um, I don't know. What do you What do you say? I know you you like Zaha. Yep. So I, I'm a big Zaha fan, but I I agree that it's going to be a tough putt for him this weekend. The only real thing that I was interested in seeing is that you didn't go with Vicente Guaita, who I know we talked about briefly last week. Um, his last, he's the hottest goalkeeper in the premier league right now. Uh, three out of his last four games were clean sheets. He has eight points against Burnley, eight points against Bournemouth, 10 against Watford and eight against Brighton. Uh, and we, we touched on Newcastle's lack of goal scoring. Was there any thought into getting Guaita in there? Although I, I think I kind of see, uh, who your goalkeeper pick might be down the road? Look, just looking at the fixtures, but uh, it was there any yeah. any interest in Guaita at all? No, I I for sure gave him a big long look, and if this match was at um, where do they play? Uh, I don't know. If this match was the at Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace. <laughs> <laughs> if this match was played inside the Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> Then I I would be leaning towards like starting Kelly, um, having Guaita in the team, but I just don't see Newcastle getting shut out um, at at home. Uh, they've they've managed some great comeback wins um, at home the past couple weeks, uh, and I just have confidence in them to score. And it's taking nothing away from um, how impressive uh, and how stout that back line of Crystal Palace and the goalkeeping of Guaita have have been of late. Um, it's just I think I think Newcastle is going to um, if anybody's going to score a goal, it's going to be Newcastle in this game. I think, um, but I do I wouldn't be surprised if it's nil nil. But definitely, it was tough. I was looking at Guaita for a while. Um, but, no, yeah, no, but, I, but that's fair. And, and the thing is, is, is we're, is we're arguing about, and we're, well, we're not arguing, but we're debating about a backup keeper that's not even going to play. Unless, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unless... I mean, I, there's only two other options that your keeper could be, um, for this week that, uh, that I'm seeing, but I'll let you touch on that you, one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You probably know, you probably know, but, um, 
So getting to the next match, um, Norwich and Wolves. I I didn't take any from this one. Um, I I am I'm a fan of Wolves. I'm a fan of the way they play. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of their FPL assets. Um, I I have Jimenez in my normal team. Um, I, I like Triore. I like Doherty. Um, I like the style of play. I think um, it lends itself to getting some FPL returns, but. You know, Norwich is so hot and cold, and we saw it against Leicester. They, you know, they played Leicester tough this past weekend. And, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get with Norwich. And, and Norwich at home um, against Wolves, I was like, eh, I just don't know if, if Wolves are going to be able to pull something out here. Um, it's just one of those games where I'm just not really confident in either side of getting a result. Um, so I just stayed away from it. I don't know what, if, if you agree. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of those games where it's so hard to get a really good feel on it. Cause it could go one of a million ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously wolves played Spurs so hard this past week and Traore looked great. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the end of the day, they probably deserved to win the game. Um, yeah, it's tough, tough for them to lose. I mean, they they played hard, and um, I mean, Tottenham are the better team, so you could say they deserved the three points. But a hard fought game for sure, and that just kind of showed the kind of team that they are that they can hang with those teams up there. Yeah. So I mean, but I I agree. I think it's going to be tough. I mean, Pookie kind of picked up a little bit of a knock. Uh, he'll still probably play, but if you're not full strength against Wolves it's a tough, tough team to try to score against if you're nursing an injury. I mean, they, they play hard. They play physical. you got to beat them with speed and with a couple good good bounces here and there. And, um, yeah, I, I could see this game being nil-nil uh, or, or being very low scoring. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a very attractive game FPL-wise. Yeah, yeah. So, staying away. Um one that I'm also, you know, reluctant to dive into is uh, Man City Leicester. I always have a hard time, um, you know, putting my finger on the pulse with these big matchups. Um, you know, I mentioned Leicester struggling a little bit. I'm honestly not that confident um, in the Foxes, which is funny to say because, you know, they've just, they just looked a bit off. Um, and, and, and City looked clinical versus Arsenal. Um, <clears throat> so who I'm leaning towards, believe it or not, I'm not leaning towards Vardy. Vardy is not going to be in my free hit side. Um, I'm leaning towards Man City, and I'm not leaning towards uh, Kevin De Bruyne either. Uh, I'm actually going to... And I hate this guy, but I'm bringing in Gabriel. I'm bringing in Gabriel Jesus. Um, he's in a big run of form uh, since the Aguero absence, um, and and it came down to the fact that this is a minimal risk um, for a potential good reward. Um, seeing that you know if he doesn't play for some reason, I, I I'm confident in my bench players in Calvert Lewin or 
um, a defender from Newcastle or Crystal Palace to just sub in um, with some clean sheet points or a goal uh, in the case of Calvert-Lewin. Um, but, I mean, I think he scored a hat-trick against Atalanta or some craft team in the Champions League last week um, or two weeks ago. Um, he just looks good. You know, he's pretty much slotted in to start up top um, instead of Aguero. Um, so, I'm not counting on Leicester letting in a ton of goals here, but I think that City's going to outplay um, Leicester. If this was at Leicester, I, it might be a little bit of a different story, um, but Leicester coming into the Etihad uh, with Man City coming off a, a, sh- a shellacking of Arsenal, um, and then Leicester just played tonight in the League Cup, um, and they went to penalties against Everton. So they played a long game tonight. They got to turn around and they got to play against Man City this weekend. It's just no easy task. Um, So I'm leaning towards Man City and um, the guy I'm bringing in uh, is, is the front man in Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely I get your reasoning and you explained it very well and I, I think it's definitely a well thought out selection and I'm sure it's gonna go great. The only thing that I'm but I, yeah, but uh, the, this entire season, the issue that a lot of us have had with Man City is their back line and how they can be exposed on the counterattack. They're not as deep as they used to be. They've had some unfortunate injuries. I could see Lester probably on the back foot a little bit, but with Vardy and Madison and Tielemans and Ianacho, if they get those guys running on a counterattack, I could see a couple a couple counterattack goals being put in. I think this is actually going to be a very high scoring game. I think it's going to probably end up at about 4-3 or 3-3. Um, I just I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in Man City's defense. I think, I mean, we saw Watford draw with Arsenal earlier this season. So, of course, Man City is going to absolutely shellack them because Man City is who they are. And Leicester, although they looked not up to par Last week, they still got a draw out of the out of the match, which that's what good teams do. They don't drop three points. They dropped two. I'll be fair that that's not exactly ideal. And if it was Liverpool, I mean, they'd find a way to win in the 90th minute. But I think that just writing Leicester off because Man City played Arsenal last week might be a little bit out of context, given the fact that Arsenal is just horrible. But um, I'm I'm actually not out on Leicester this week, and and we'll we'll touch on that more later. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not gonna lie, that was a very compelling argument, and I, you know, I wish I would have consulted with you on my pick a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I I honestly like I and some of the reason why I'm sympathizing sympathizing with you a little bit is because I like Leicester and I don't like City. Yeah, that's um, so another I thing. Propen- I I have a propensity to, you know, to prefer Leicester over City anyway, but I was just kind of 
I, I got sucked up in the um, in the in the spanking that they had of, of Arsenal <laughs> uh, because I love to see Arsenal get spanked. So, um, but I, man, a four three match would be fantastic. No matter the fantasy implications, that would be um, would be a, a, a great game to watch. So I'm. Interested to see how this one goes now that we've um, disagreed a little bit on this one. Um, yeah. Add a little spice to it. Yeah. Um, but going on to the last two games here. Um, Watford, Man United. This is the big boy. Um, by nature, Watford being last. They're going to get picked on. Uh, we do it every week. They had a chance. They had a chance like five weeks ago. Um, we could have been supporters. We could have turned their season around, but that's not happening. Um, Man United, unbeaten in their last six matches. They've got a little bit of fire lit underneath them with some big Tottenham Manchester City wins. Going up against the worst team in the league who's only scored four goals at home this entire season. Um, I'm a little, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little reluctant with this one. And I think it's a little bit of a gamble. As ridiculous as that sounds to be in on um, Manchester United over the worst team in the league um, because Manchester United actually struggles a bit uh, when they have more of the ball. Um, But I just don't think they're going to, F up so badly that they'll lose to Watford. Um, Man United seems like a confident team um, right now. So I've gone with Rashford up top, who seems to also be a confident lad um, as well. I've got him starting. Um, and then for their faults, um, you know. They don't really get that many clean sheets, but Man United is statistically the sixth best defense in the league in terms of goals conceded this season. Um, and I would not be surprised if a clean sheet is in order here. Uh, so I'm going to go with the goal threat or the attack threat in outside back um, Juan Basaka. Um, to actually um, start in the back with uh, Jetro Willems of Newcastle and Johnny Lundstrom. Um, so, I mean, looking at the whole slate this week, I'm most confident that Man United will get a clean sheet of any club on the slate. And that's the sole reason why I'm starting David De Gea um, as my keeper. Um, so three man United assets, uh, in this side, um, De Gea at the bat, um, between the pipes, uh, Juan Bissak at the back and then Rashford starting up top. Um, obviously it's not really that debatable that Watford's bad. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So, I think those are all great picks. I know we've we've kind of given uh, given Watford a, a hard time this season, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that Man 
Man United looks like a better team of late. They look like they know what they're doing for once. Um, Waterford, they play each other. They play people tough. Uh, I will say that they do. They do play people tough, um, and we, we've seen it. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling too confident in them to score. Their current projected total goals is 0.7 for this week, which is the lowest of any team that's playing this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not feeling too confident in them. I think it's a good pick, and I think they're, they're safe picks, which is really, that's really what the important thing is. Picks that have a, a nice high floor is, is always good. I've got, so I have talked about nine of my starters, uh, and I've got all my bench in there. So just to recap, I got Lundstrom, Willems, Juan Bissaka at the back, De Gea between the pipes, Richarlison, Grealish, El Ghazi, three out of my five in the midfield, and then Rashford and Jesus up top. Um, so that leaves a gap in the midfield uh, that will be filled by two players in the Tottenham-Chelsea matchup. Um I mentioned uh, how I've really come around on Tottenham lately. Uh, and Well, not really lately since Mourinho's uh, been appointed. Um, so I'm going to go with two Tottenham assets here. Um, and it's, it's really interesting how the, the, the script has flipped here because um, it's, it's two really contrasting sides uh, at – as that uh, script has been flipped about six weeks ago, uh, you know, Tottenham's now on a, a good run of form and they look fairly good while Chelsea is really struggling. So um, a tough break that Chelsea has to run into Tottenham right now, uh, given their form and especially in North London um, and for their faults, Tottenham has always been pretty solid at home even when, when they were crap at the beginning of the season, they always seemed to find results at home. It was just away from home where they just weren't getting anything. Um, so I think I'm, def- I'm, I'm big on Tottenham this week. Um, and I was between uh, Kane, Son, and Ali, uh, but I've gone with uh, Son and Ali based pretty much totally on a gut feeling. And I did, I did advise... Um, look for um, advice from Jake on this one being that he's the Tottenham guy. Um, so I went with Son and Ali. Uh, they've obviously been performing well since Mourinho's come in. Son's been performing well pretty much all season. Uh, but Ali has a newfound confidence, it seems. Um, and that's huge uh, in these big games where the pressure's on, uh, especially in a London derby. You know, you need to be confident, um, and I think Ali's got that. Um, Son will have that as well, very composed. Um, I'm not saying that Harry Kane won't, but, you know, I, I've been hot and cold on Kane all season. I've got him in my draft side, and he's my he was my number one overall pick in the draft, and he just hasn't really been, been doing it for me this season. So um, personal vendetta, I think, has kept him out of this side, but, um, I'm confident, and I'm hoping that Son and Ali will uh, will get me some returns here. 
against Chelsea, and that will wrap up my uh, my free hit side. I love it. I love the Spurs picks, and I love that you consulted with me beforehand. I did. I knew that I had some influence, but uh, yeah, no, that's a big time, uh, big time pick, and I think Spurs are going to roll against Chelsea. I, I really do. I'm, I'm very feeling very good about the squad, but I think you, I, you're. Your team's got a lot of potential this week, and I think it's going to make some waves around the uh, FPL circuits. Well, the th- yeah, the thing is, is you know, with these free hit teams, depending on how you play them, you know, I'm playing them pretty much like a coin flip, you know? Like, not that many people are going to have um, a team that looks like this. Let- I mean, maybe nobody will have a team that really looks like this. Um, so... If one, I'm I'm sacrificing my um, the second round of the FPL Cup, which you mentioned you won your match, I won mine as well. Um, you know, I I gotta win, I gotta I gotta get that free trip to wherever. <laughs> I think you pick. Um, I think you pick a game and they send you to it. Oh come on, give me uh give me give me Newcastle Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> give me newcastle norwich at st james in like <laughs> in like march when it's like 20 degrees and rainy oh, that is just i'm gonna wait uh, a couple years till stokes and we're gonna go rainy stoke on a monday night oh man that's good well when i went to the newcastle game it was it last uh last year or well this this year in march it was like 25 degrees and rainy so i already got that experience so maybe maybe something on the south coast like south southampton brighton or something like that uh if i win but but no it's a little bit of a gamble with the with the way that i'm playing it you know and i think just the nature of a free hit side if you um kind of change everything and just um just look at uh the game week fixtures in a vacuum um, you know, it's, it's a good risk reward, but it's fun. You know, I had a fun time, uh, crafting the squad and I, and it will definitely be a game week that I have a substantial rooting interest in yeah, like eight, eight of the games. Um, you know, I think there's only two games that I skipped out on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, and it, it's funny that you mentioned the cup. So that's actually why I decided to bring in Vardy this week, as oh. opposed to down the line, is because I took a little peek at my opponent's squad. Yeah, and it looks like he captained Vardy last week. And if he's got Vardy and he's captaining him, I I can't run the risk of not having him, and I can't run the double risk of not captaining him if this other guy's kind of been doing the same thing so you know my 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 three up top challenge hopes are down the drain right now but my cup hopes are still alive so uh that's that's kind of why i brought vardy in when i did and i i figured if most teams got to this point they probably have vardy in their squad um i've done a masterful job at at getting some differentials in that have panned out but for sustained cup success, I think you got to have Vardy in there. So, uh, got him in, and, and just gonna pray that he can get something going over the next two tough fixtures, and I can stay alive. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what you know. Some people are kind of down on the cup. They're like, oh, all I care about is like rank. And well, for us, like 
you know, we started in game week five or whatever it was. So rank doesn't really matter that well. I mean, I'm keeping track of my average since I've started, but you know, the cup's pretty cool, man. And like, you actually get like a sweet little deal out of it on the off chance that you do win. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, how did you end up on, on this trip? I won a fantasy premier league cup. Like, that is the best thing I've ever heard. If I won the cup, I would have that thing framed in my house. It would be in a, like a trophy case. I'd be yeah. ha- drinking out of it in North London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Be getting hammered. <laughs> Dude, they'll probably let you in into the, the dressing room. Oh, my God. Me and me and Deli are going to be chilling. Me and, I'm going to be in Mourinho's office just laughing about how Spurs are second in the table on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a cool it's a cool thing, man. It's like, you know, I love when you I love the head to head. I mean, we get yeah. it every week in in our draft league that we do. And it's I mean, it's a lot of fun, the head to head and just kind of like the banter. Um and it's especially cool and you're seeing it with yourself just like the strategy that you have to have to, you know, to win, you know, got to look at your, uh, your opponent's, uh, team and, you know, see what you got to do to, to get a dub. So, um, I like, I like the cup. So, yeah, no, I love it. I, I think head to head is amazing. I, I think it adds just a, so much more excitement to it. Um, I, I was also kind of in my head as I'm such a nerd. I do these things when I'm bored. I was thinking about like any alternative game modes that they could have instead of a cup. And I was thinking of just, you enter everyone in everyone who's signed up to play premier league. And it starts maybe one of the last five, 10 game weeks. I don't know. Well, it would, you'd need more time than that, but every week you take a certain percentage of the the league and and the if you fall below that in the in the world rankings that week you get axed and then it just keeps cutting down and cutting down until there's like at last week of the season there could be two people left out of the millions that play and it's it's a head-to-head whoever gets the most points that week it's like a grand prize i think that'd be insane if if there's like a moving cut line basically and you could see it through the standings and you're like one point off and just like watching it. I think that would just be insane. Yeah. Like the fantasy premier league Twitter account is like tweeting out before like the Monday night game. Like the cut line is at like 647 points to advance to like the, the top 2 million or something like that. And you're yeah. Like, Come on, baby. I need, I need Zaha to get like an assist or something like that. Yep, and then and then like every yellow card means something because there's got to be somebody out there that has that guy who just lost a point, and then you're like right on the cusp. I think that would just be bonkers. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. It's a good idea. And I'll have to send it in to uh, the committee. Yeah, um, yeah, because if he, hey, if people are uh, if people are out, are out uh, on the cup, then you know maybe it's time for for a change. Yeah. I think that that could be it could be a solution. Maybe we'll have to make a threat out of that and pitch it. That could be a good uh, impressions move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, so o- overall, taking a bit of a gamble with this one. You know, playing the free hit in the second round of the cup. But um, 
better to do it early than uh, to do it late. So looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. With that, we'll move on with our regular scheduled programming um, into our men of the week. I know mine, I spent so much time trying to decide what transfers I was going to make this week that I didn't put a ton of time into my men of the week, but I do have some good picks. So yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't put much time into mine either. Cause I was just working on my free hit squad, but you can pretty much ascertain what my picks will be from my free hit squad because they're all from there except for Mr. Stink. Cause my free hit squad is not, <laughs> not yet. Um, yeah, no. So my, I'll start off with my Mr. Premium and I'm going with son. He is just so electric. And every time he touches the ball, you think that he's either going to score or get an assist and watching him play is, is definitely a treat that we should all, all be thankful for $10.1 million. Um, I'm, I'm really liking him. So going with son. Yeah. And, uh, for me, I'm going Rashford. Um, Sounds a good pick too. Obviously, have him in my in my side. I've got Ollie in there too. But um, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's a bit of a cop out pick, seeing that they're uh, Manchester United is going up against the worst team in the league. But I'm I'm going Rashford. Solid choice um, for my Mister Budget. I am going with Dean Henderson at 4.8 million. He's still only at 7.8 TSB uh, and gives a, a good shot at a clean sheet any given week. I know it's been kind of tough sledding lately, um, but we saw what happened between weeks six and 10. He had three clean sheets um, and then he picked up another one in, in week 11. So, and I think, yeah, he picked up one this past week in game week 17. So I think he's finding his form again at 4.8 million. I know, uh, keeper won't win you any any leagues or win you any cups, but I think if you're looking for a cheap replacement, especially with Allison not playing this week, I think that Henderson could be your guy. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I love I love me uh, uh, Hendy the Tendy. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm gonna go with Anwar El Ghazi, who I have in my free hit squad. Um, he's at 5.5 mil. Um, Solid differential at 1.2% TSB. I think a lot of people are um, looking at Grealish as the guy to bring in for Villa with their um, favorable uh, fixtures coming up here the next three weeks. Uh, but I think people are kind of missing out on uh, El Ghazi here as a um, under-the-radar uh, budget pick. Um, and I was going to pick him as my Mr. Surprise as well, honestly, but I Picked him as my Mr. Surprise. I think it was like two or three weeks ago when he got hurt. Um, but, you know, this is a player who I think will, um, with these uh, with these favorable fixtures coming up, really show out. Um, because, you know, Villa's had a, a bit of a tough stretch um, past like five game weeks or, uh, or so. And they've played tough teams. Um, tough, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, so... I got to go with Al Ghazi here for Mr. Budget. I'll, uh, he'll definitely fly under the radar, radar low-key Mr. Surprise, too. Yep. Uh, for my Mr. Surprise, this is going to be a huge shout. At 0.2% TSB, <laughs> at $4.9 million, I'm going with Eric Dyer for Tottenham. I think that 
he's been getting a lot of playing time. He is he is Jose Mourinho's favorite player by far. It is ridiculous. I mean, granted, he is not the most talented player. Probably shouldn't even be starting at Tottenham. But some of the clips of him in training banging in some nasty free kick goals, and I know that doesn't mean anything in the in the real context of the game, but he crashed one off the post this past week, could have netted a goal, um, and he, he got an assist last week against Wolves, and I think that he can really help uh, Tottenham get up and, and get up into the attacking zone of Chelsea this week, so... Big shout, but I think Dyer could get himself on the score sheet this week against Chelsea. So that's going to be my Mr. Surprise. Yeah, he's he's a good player. And I think if he does make some late runs into the box, then, you know, maybe get lucky with one. Um, so not not terrible. Definitely, definitely a shout. Definitely a take. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my Mr. Surprise talks about him as my first auto sub potential start. Um, it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin earlier in the season with Everton's goal struggles. You know, we talked about, you know, where are these goals coming from? Why are they scoring Calvert-Lewin's trash? Um, you know, he was in and out of the team, you know, he wasn't starting. Uh, but now he seems like under, uh, interim manager Ferguson, he started both matches, obviously got two goals against Chelsea. Um, and then was, uh, I guess what kind of caused De Gea to mess up and cause the Lindelof own goal against Manchester United. Um, so he's getting in there. Um, he's, he's being a little pesky. Um, Ferguson's playing a system that he uh, is seeming to thrive in. Um, and against Arsenal this weekend, uh, wouldn't be surprised that Everton puts a few goals past uh, their trash back line. So um Calvert-Lewin going with him as uh, Mr. Surprise, but I think um, under a potential new manager or if, uh, you know, they roll with Ferguson, Calvert-Lewin might not really be much of a surprise anymore. I I think he has the potential to just be a a decent center forward in this league and just, you know, consistently – come up with some goals, kind of like a Neil Mopai. Um, but for for this week, I'm going with Calvert-Lewin as Mr. Surprise. Solid shout there. Uh, for my Mr. Stink, I'm going with FPL for not having that cut line game that I just laid out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, this one was kind of off the top of my head. Uh it's got to go with Mason Mount. I mean, um, we, we touched on it earlier. Young Chelsea team came out flying. Um, I think flew a little bit too close to the sun here. They're burning out. Um, and I think everybody's out on him. Uh, he's a, a bit of an exodus. Uh, Chelsea, tough form of late. Uh, I think, you, and you know what, you might want to bookmark this one because I I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone like Tammy Abraham as Mr. Stink in about three, four weeks, guys. Wow. Just just bookmark it. Just remember that I said it. 
Um, I think the writing's on the wall here. If they don't rest them, if they don't start resting these players, um, you're not going to lose that much if you just start Heishi Batswai. He's a solid striker. Um, you need to rest him. Um, even if you do, and if he's not playing, I think he still might be a Mr. Stink. Uh, so um, at each and every week, you know, Chelsea, you got to prove to me that, uh, you know, you got to prove to me your worth uh, or else you're going to be having more and more um, these Mr. Stinks every week. So Mount is the Mr. Stink this week. Yeah. No, I, I remember uh, on the season when um, I called the Tottenham thrashing of Crystal Palace. I said that, that that's going to be the day that, Crystal Palace's season gets ruined. Um, when I said that, I believe that Crystal Palace was in like fifth and they're in ninth now. So, <laughs> now you could say it had a little bit of an effect, but with Chelsea at four and Tottenham at five, this game has huge implications. And I think this game is going to solidify Tottenham in the top four and throw Chelsea down. I don't think Chelsea finishes in the top six this season, and I'm going to stick by that take. You can put that on my gravestone. I don't think Chelsea finishes top six. With the way that Manchester United looks, they look like they're on the up and up, and with teams like Wolves looking good, Sheffield, Crystal Palace, I could see any of those teams um, gaining some ground down the stretch while Chelsea's young guys just tweet and Snapchat. So... Just wanted to get that in there before I get to my Mr. My Mr. Captain of the week. Okay, okay, Grandpa. Yeah, okay, Boomer. Uh, no, um, it's true. See, watch, it's gonna happen. Uh, All right. My my Captain of the week. Obviously, it's gonna be Jamie Vardy. But if you're looking for a differential, I I really I really like Raul Jimenez this week against Norwich. You never know what to expect, but I think that. He's got some potential. I know it's on the road, but those wolves are scrappy. So if that's if you want a really big differential, I think Jimi Hendrix is your boy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I like Jimmy. I, I'd like to see it. I've, I've got him in my draft side, so wouldn't wouldn't complain. Um, I, you know, tough tough one here with the with the free hit squad to pick a captain because you're basically picking a squad of like eleven captains. Um, so I just, I just, I just took the easy way out and just picked Rashford, um, against Watford. Um, I'm not like super pumped about it, honestly. Um, I got Grealish as my vice captain, uh, because I think Grealish is another one that could have a big match, but I mean, I think all these players in my free hit squad could have a big, big match. That's why I picked them. So, <laughs> uh, you know. If you had an eleven-sided die and you rolled it, I wouldn't be pissed with any of mine. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Rashford this week. Just cop out pick. Yep. Nope. Solid. That's honestly that's what the captain pick is usually gonna be each week. Is is a safe pick. So. Uh, oh. Excuse me. Yeah. No, that's a great pick, and and uh, uh, he'll probably end up scoring a few goals because he looked great against Tottenham a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Do you want to update everyone on the game and how things are going with that? Yeah. So, um, 
I, I, I ended up with a point and a half last week. You ended up with two points. So you remain in the lead. You extend your lead to five points. You've got 33 and a half. I've got 28 and a half. Um, you picked Man United as your lock. Obviously, a draw with Everton. Um, I picked Sheffield as my lock, uh, and they did. Uh, they did get the dub there. Um, I'm already forgetting who they play. It was a two nil win or a one nil win. Uh, who Sheffield? Yeah. Um, who did they play? That's well. It happens. Fixture. Oh uh, no, results. Let's see here. They played. <laughs> Being a member of the soccer media is tough. Two nil over Villa, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that got me points there. But then both of our Newcastle dog picks didn't pan out with the one nil loss to Burnley. Tough break. Um, and then you picked Pulisic. Um, uh, yeah, I think you got three points. And then, yeah, and then I picked Madison. Um, I think you got like two points. So, um, you got the three points there. I got one and a half. So, um, might have to change the, mm-hmm. um, star point. point yeah. Table. Um, if you just wanted to do like two and one, or yep. like that or a one and zero. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that works. Yeah. That's fair. One and zero is good. Um, so, all right. Well, I guess we'll get into it then. Um, you're you're up since you're in the lead. So yes, who's, who's your lock? So, um, getting down to the very very slim pickings in terms of my locks lock selections. Uh, use a lot of the big dogs first, but I am going with the boys from Aston Villa. I think that they are going to beat Southampton this weekend. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that one at Villa park, really tough place to play passionate fan base. Uh, I, I like the pick. Yeah. And so just, you know, as a reference for the people, the locks that you have to choose left are Arsenal. So Arsenal at Everton, um, then you had Brighton, uh, who, they play Sheffield. Yeah, that's a tough one. And then Burnley, Bournemouth. You know, that's a coin flip. Um, you've got yeah, Burnley, and then Newcastle and Norwich. You have as well. Um, so those are another. Those are two tough ones. So I think Villa is is a is a solid pick from you, considering the the teams that you have remaining to um, to choose from. So um, for me. Uh, I'm going to go with, I still have my Manchester United pick, so I'm going to go ahead and use it on them, um, uh, against Watford. That's an easy pick. Good job. Proud of you. Um, (laughs) for my dog, I think that this is absolutely ridiculous. The, the fact that you can get the number two team in the premier league at plus six fifty. Whether or not they win, who cares? That is just such an insane value. This will probably be the last game all season that Leicester will be that big of an, a big of an underdog. So 
Uh, my dog's got to be the Foxes. Even though it's a tough match, I think that Man City's stock is a little inflated right now, given the fact that they played probably the worst team in the Premier League last week. Um, so I'm going, with, I'm going with the Foxes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The line is ridiculous that it's that high. Um, I would expect something more like, like Leicester plus two twenty five or something. Yeah. Like. Um, I still think cities should be a favorite at home. Um, but, uh, I'm, I gotta go with my guys. I gotta go with Sheffield. Uh, I think they're at like plus two fifty five or something, mm-hmm. um, against, uh, at Brighton, uh, which I think is good value too. I think this is going to be, um, a good game. It'll be a bit of a toss up. Um, and I, I always, I always fancy a, uh, a Sheffield dog pick. Um, I picked him, I think twice. Uh, as a dog so far in the game, and um, they've gotten a draw for me both times. So, you know, why, why not? <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they they're hard to play against. So that's that's a solid pick. Um, my star pick. I am going with Jack Grealish. I'm, I'm riding the Villa train. I think that he's going to have a good week. And he, he, Southampton's just not very good. So I think he's he might bag a goal or two at home and uh, i'm feeling really good about that one all right well then you need to start him in your team yeah i was kind of trying to hedge my bet that <laughs> now, way. That now that you're you're all hot on him you gotta start him well then i guess i'm gonna bench tammy abraham against tottenham i mean that's i honestly is that that bad you know like I don't think it's that bad, but I know I know that the second I do it, first like ten minutes of the game, Tammy Abraham's gonna score. That's true. That would happen to pretty much anybody, but with you, Mr. Differential, you know, you'd think you'd just put Grealish in there and just captain him. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's the cup. It's the cup. I can't do that. If it was just if it was game week 11, yeah, I'd be captaining Dale Feu and vice captaining Jan Mott. But it's cup no. season, baby. It's cup. I play for the cup. All right. That's fine. Um, all right. Well, at least at least we both like Grealish. That's, that's all that matters. Um, but I got to just keep – I just got to ride the Man United train herd here, and I'm going to go with, uh, with my, my captain, Rashford. I'm going to – uh, I'm going to have him as my star this week. Solid picks all around. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be watching that carefully. I mean, it was the two ho- it was a two-horse race before, and now it's really a two-horse race uh, for the, in the game. So that, that's going to be a tight one to watch. And uh, for all you listeners out there, if you guys want to respond to some of our tweets and maybe provide your own game picks um, – we could we could maybe try to keep track of that somehow down the road. That could be something interesting, maybe for the second half of the season, get a little community game going. Um, once we yeah. have, once once you and I have used up all of our uh, locks, once when when we go for that next cycle, maybe we could get something like that going on Twitter each week. Sure, uh, that could be an idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, for for the listeners, if you're. You know, if you're interested at all and, you know, joining, um, obviously not permanently, but, uh, you know, a guest appearance 
um, you know, reach out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to have um, some other members of the community from, uh, you know, different countries. Uh, you know, we've got a, uh, a pretty big following all the way from, you know, a couple of our biggest guys, you know, from <laughs> Australia and uh, Scandinavia. Dude, we're, we're worldwide Erica. yeah so no i'd be good it'd be good to have some uh some some guys on so um definitely reach out and uh become engaged you know it's gonna get busy you know in our personal lives here uh during the holiday season obviously um and i think leading into that what we'll try to do next week is just do a big ass um almost like a triple game week episode um, early next week, try and just get it out before Christmas um, for the boxing day fixtures. And then the following week and then the new year's day fixtures. Just so we cover them all. I think that's our, our tentative plan right now. Um, and then we'll take a bit of a break. Um, Cause we'll be on uh, vacation. I know Jake will be out of town. Um, be on then- holiday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, on holiday, as the Brits say. Um, and then we'll just kind of regroup and, you know, figure out an attack plan for the second half of the season. Because once that triple game week episode is out, we'll be into the second half of the season already. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great. And we'll spend the break uh, also coming up with some new ideas. Keep We, we all want to keep this fresh. Uh, make sure that this is definitely something that's listenable, and we would love your guys' feedback as well um, over the next couple weeks, especially uh, as we kind of shift from a three-person podcast to a two, uh, whether or not you guys would would want to see maybe doing something where we do two short episodes each week or if we do a long one, um, we can play around with different formats, do different things. Uh, if, if there are certain segments that you guys want to see more of, or, uh, an idea that you guys have that you think would be cool to throw in, we're, we're always looking to improve and looking to make this fun and make it engaging for you all. Uh, because at the end of the day, we we're trying to help your fantasy teams perform better and give you guys some of the insights that you might miss. Uh, if you're not a member of the media, like we are, so, <laughs> <laughs> or, or the insights that you might miss. Here's the thing. The insights that you might miss by just being in the in the echo chamber uh, on on Twitter of like yes. what everybody you know it's like I think we're we woke. Look at this, we're woke. We look. What's that? We're the woke soccer media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we look at this in a little bit of a different way. I mean, we still want to. I mean, we're still competitors. Um, you know, we want to win. We want to succeed, but you know, we look at it pretty lightheartedly. Um, and we want to have fun, I think more, more so than anything. Cause you know, it is a game and you know, this isn't our job, you know, we're doing this for fun, you know, we Not have yet. real jobs. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. One day, you know, <laughs> you guys need to start retweeting some more and maybe you can get some <laughs> bad fun. Yeah. Um, the men but in no, but I, I think, I think, you know, we do have something to bring, um, to be, to, you know, to the community, um, in a way that, uh, you know, isn't exactly the most, um, popular out there 
right now because everybody loves to just, you know, talk at each other about theories about Vardy. But <laughs> yeah, no one's giving you guys the insights on Brighton Burnley in game week 14 like we are. I mean, we're we get down in the details. We like to find trends that maybe the casual fans not seeing or just things that we're observing. Um, Cause I think that something that benefits us is that our time zone is so different than most of FPL Twitter that yeah. we're not seeing these tweets about all these like threads and captaincy picks and like all this formation stuff. We're not seeing all of that right when it's posted. So we're not really getting inundated with some of that, just talk and a lot of the people out there in FPL Twitter that I've seen uh, will come up with these elaborate threads and posts trying to sway opinion on a player one way or another and then they do the opposite just to kind of hedge their hedge their bet and give themselves a differential that they created but all the stuff that we're suggesting we're actually doing we actually triple captained KDB we actually brought in Mares like None of it. None of it worked, but at least we're trying and we're making it different and we're making it interesting and we're going to continue to do that and we want to continue to put out great content. Um, there, I, I'm sure there's podcasts that have better quality and have cool intros and cool little noises and things like that, and that's great. But we're here for the content and for the good times our, and for the banter. Our, our intro is pretty cool. Our intro is sick. Our intro is the best. Find me a better. FPL intro and I will Venmo you a dollar. Okay, Ooh, I, wow. I, that's a big time claim. But yeah, that's, uh, like, that's like 1.2 pounds. Yeah, I don't adjust for uh, for the rate though. You know, you're getting a dollar American dollar. So whatever that translates to in your currency, that's on you. Um, you're you're getting a dollar from me, which is the yeah. the, the moral of the story. But. Um, yeah, we just want to thank you guys for sticking with us. And if you're just now tuning in and this is your first episode, um, thank you for thank you for listening. But before we go, we have to predict the game scores. And sure do. I will start with Tottenham Chelsea because this podcast always just gets me so amped to <laughs> to watch some soccer. Just to bring out a take. Yeah. So I've done it twice this season where I predict, well, I've done it three times. I've been right two out of three times, where I predict massive score lines in Tottenham's favor. I'm doing it again. I'm oh boy. going back to the well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we're going to go Tottenham 3, Chelsea 0. I know that's not huge, but when it's a that battle when it's a battle between two of the top four teams, or, well, top six teams, whatever, you know, this is that's a pretty big scoreline. So you could say that that's not a big scoreline. You could also say that's a pretty big scoreline. No, I, I think I think it is a pretty big scoreline. Seeing that um, that be the fifth team in the table, um, given a given a hammering to the uh, uh, fourth team in the table. So um, definitely, definitely take uh, for me. I think I think we'll see three one three one Spurs. Um, okay. I don't think uh, Tottenham's back line has been solid enough um, 
that I'm going to predict a clean sheet in, in Chelsea for their faults. They, they can still get forward. They, they've struggled to score goals lately. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by your pick either, but um, I'm going 3-1. Solid choice there. Um, and then I guess I'll go first on, on Newcastle here. Uh, to let that way I can let you wrap it up with magpies. But, um, ah, God, this game is just so hard to pick because these teams are so bad at scoring goals. <laughs> I mean, it is not easy. They, they make it look hard. Um, I'm going to have to go nil, nil. It's going to be just a grind and it's, I'm, I'm sure it's just going to be pouring rain and gross. So <laughs> I'm going nil, nil. I'm probably to be honest, probably won't even watch this game. Uh, I mean, my... I, I I wouldn't if I if I wasn't a supporter. I mean, <laughs> no, I'll definitely be watching Bournemouth Burnley instead. Yeah. <laughs> They're just some terrible. That a little side note: that 10 a.m. time slot is probably the worst I've ever seen. Villa Southampton, Bournemouth Burnley, Brighton Sheffield, Newcastle Palace, and Norwich Wolves. I mean, none of those games are really that watchable. Maybe Brighton. I don't know. Well, I don't know, dude. I mean, personally, I would like to have on. I mean, look, in a perfect world, I I would have four out of the five on. Um, honestly, I mean, like, well, just to watch some soccer. Of course, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> right, but I mean. And basically, that just revolves around FPL. It doesn't. It yes. doesn't. It doesn't revolve around watching the soccer. I think Villa. Um, there's there's much to be desired there with the with the soccer that they play. Um, so I'll be interested to see that one. But no, obviously, there's no marquee match up there in that in that 10 a.m. slot. And um, I don't think uh, I don't think the doors are going to be blown off here at St. James's Park. And I'm. Uh, I'm going to go nil-nil as well. I already mentioned that's what I think the scoreline will be. Um, a hopeful Magpie uh, supporter in me will, will say one-nil. I think that's the best possible result, but um, we're looking at we're looking at nil-nil here. Yeah, I think that's the right choice, and uh, I, I think that that's probably, probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's all we got. Thank you guys for listening to, the, to another long episode, uh, but we had a lot to go over, and uh, I think it's going to provide a lot of value, especially listening to how Ryan's free hit team shaped up could give you guys uh, some insights on to maybe a, a guy to bring in if you still have a transfer laying around or if you yourself have a free hit that you're looking at bringing in. So um, with that, I guess I'll just say, come on, you Spurs. All right, go on, Magpies. <laughs>